When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles insider tech service where we'll break news give you insider observations and provide in-depth analysis through eagles actually you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone with me today as always is my fellow eagles beat reporter chris franklin today we're going to discuss the eagles dominant win over the falcons jalen hurts special performance and what it all means moving forward chris how you doing not bad i mean it was a great way great start for the eagles season i mean and and I know we're about to get into this stuff, but can I just say this is the this is the first time I've actually uh, traveled with fans that are there in a game, man. Just to see the amount of Eagles fans that were down there it, that's been down around here in Atlanta, I mean, it's been crazy, man. Yeah, well, they say that's where the players play, but I guess that's where the fans travel. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, you know, we're recording this late at night. Uh, you know. Obviously, we had to get a bunch of work done. It should be noted, Chris went out to eat. I took a nap. He brought me back food. Very nice gentleman that he is. And, uh, (laughs) you know, um, so look, let's get into this because I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that, yes, this is the same Atlanta Falcons team, or at least close to it, that picked top four in the draft. Okay. This is not a good Atlanta Falcons team. They're a rebuilding franchise. They're still trying to figure stuff out. Arthur Smith is the new head coach. All that said, the, you could say the same thing about the Eagles. The Eagles are a team that's rebuilding. It's trying to figure things out. They pick They initially had a top six pick in the draft. Like they're two pretty even outlooks at least on the surface and frankly the eagles blew the the falcons away in their own building and look i wrote this for the morning but like the eagles could have simply won a really tight game gotten a moderate pat on the back and nobody would have batted an eyelash uh you know national media would say oh well they're just the falcons that's fine Um, but this seemed like a little bit more than just a, you know, beating up a bad team. This seemed like the start of something at least interesting. I don't want to say it's special or anything like that. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, whatever, but the play calling by Nick Sirianni, the efficiency of Jalen Hurts, um, the quickness and cohesion of the offensive weapons, the defense's ability in the red zone to stop the Falcons offense. And then later on, just put the clamps on Matt Ryan throughout the second half. And then come on, Aaron Cipas, 
What a performance. Three punts <laughs> down within the 20-yard line, and he averaged 47, I think, 0.3 yards per punt. So this was this was a collaborative effort. This was like like when Young Money has like one of those tracks that has like 50 different uh, voices on it. That's what this Eagles win was over Atlanta. You know what I mean? Um, you mean like the features, the features at the end of the track lane goes about like seven or eight deep? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like to me, this was one of those performances where you could pick out probably 12 to 15 names out of the hat and say, hey, I remember him making a good play. And that rarely happens in Philadelphia, or at least has rarely happened over the last two to three years, at least since I've been covering the team um, in the post-Super Bowl era. But look, all of last year, the Eagles struggled to score 30 points. They didn't get to 30 points all season. And in his debut as the head coach, Nick Sirianni's offense puts up 32 points. On top of that, uh, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz in their final 12 games together only scored a first series touchdown twice off the bat Sirianni and Hertz have orchestrated an opening series touchdown drive and boy was it a touchdown drive uh Chris give me your initial thoughts on this as Nick Sirianni put it a complimentary win what can something like this do for a team when everybody is firing the way they are well, I think it doesn't put the onus on one specific unit. I thought you saw a defense that struggled early and came back and made adjustments. And I think that's the key. And I'm going to offer a little tangent on this one. I'll still get back to this. When you look at the one of the reasons why the Eagles won today, I think you have to look at the Eagles were able to make adjustments at half, during in-game adjustments and at halftime. And you look at the Falcons and they didn't have any answers to adjust back themselves. I mean, the Falcons were gashing the Eagles on the ground early on in this game and also throwing a ball to Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts in the middle of the field. The Eagles made the adjustments so it wouldn't be as prevalent, and you didn't see the Falcons do anything from there on out. So I thought that was key. But getting back to the initial thing, going back to what what this means for team, the fact that you have both the offense, defense, and even special teams playing at a high level – no, everybody looks like they're knowing what their assignments are after a while and playing inspired football, not like not playing assi- like uh, assignment football. Where, oh, OK, I have to do go to this gap or I have to catch the ball in this area. It looked like everybody had a, put in a great effort and had passion making sure they were doing their job. And that that has to start with Coach Nick Sirianni and the rest of that coaching staff. You have to give them credit for doing that on Sunday. Totally agree. I thought. Something I pointed out to you in the press box and something that I wrote about is every play call seemed to make sense. There was a rhythm to the play calling. Um, You know, they used quick passes early on to set up the running game. They used um, the running game to set up the passing game. Like, everything made sense in concert. And I think that's really important because for – at least the final season of Doug Peterson's tenure, everything seemed to be like kind of wishy-washy. It was just a play call to make a play call. And while Nick Sirianni said each play call is independent, sometimes you want to 
you know, have an objective of how you want to set up a drive, how you want to be successful in a drive. It's more than just picking up chunks of yardage. If you want a methodical drive, you want that method to be, you know, based on a principle, based on an idea. And it it just kind of seemed like the play calling. I mean, look, it wasn't all that elaborate, but they seem to use different elements of the offense to set up other elements of the offense. And I think that that's really important when you have a mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts who scoffed at my question about uh, Nick Sirianni calling to his skill set. What I mean to say is when you have the skill set that Jalen Hurts does, which is the ability to not only be a passer, but to also use your mobility to pick up yardage, that's important. And I think a coach that can understand uh, a player's strengths and utilize them in his play calling is advantageous. Uh, Chris, what did you see from Jalen Hurts today? Um, before we get into before you, you go into that, um, he was 27 of 35. Uh, that's a 77.1% uh, completion percentage. Uh, for 264 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a quarterback rating of 126.4. He also gained 62 yards on seven carries. So, yeah, Chris, what did you take away from uh, young Jalen's performance? Well, I saw a guy who is only in a few months in this new system, the one that the coaching staff said they were going to try to build around and put and maximize what he's able to does well. He mastered that offense. I thought he mastered it. You saw a guy who – he he he's and one thing I love to prove he was patient, trying to let some routes develop. Sure, would you like to see him do it more often? Yeah, he would. But he got better at letting some of those routes develop downfield and let guys getting open. I saw a guy who didn't run, always run, think like, hey, he had to run first and and, and not and have to wait to, before he throw in a ball. I saw that he was more decisive in his decision making. He looked. He's always been a confident guy, just like you saw it go on the field more. And I thought that was very key to the amount of success he had. And he he's, he's a lot more accurate. And everybody's going to say, oh, well, and you know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to say, well, he threw screen pass stuff. It doesn't matter. You still have to throw it in the NFL. You got guys coming, arms, defensive ends whose wingspans are out the roof. You try to get it around there. They were able to do that. And Sirianni helped him. Basically, if they saw a play that was working, they stuck with it. I mean, early on, they did those first couple of uh, wide receiver screens to Quez Watkins that made sense because they were getting a lot of picking up a lot of yards, chunk yards on that, and it didn't just go okay. Well, we have these two plays here, and all of a sudden, it just flies away. You never see them again for the rest of the game. It, when something works, you may just put some window dressing on there, try a different formation, and then you just let Hurts be successful by getting the ball out quickly on that. He got the ball out quickly. He made some, he made good reads. He used his legs when the time was right. And overall, I think for his first season opener as a starter, he did very well. Yeah, I totally agree. I gave him an A minus in our, in our report card column. Um, There was some pushback to that. Some people thought he should have gotten an A. Some people thought, you know, he did have a rough stretch in that second quarter where it looked like he was a little bit off on a couple of his throws Um, Look, I'm not going to nitpick the heck out of this. I think this was a special performance for this team uh, that Jalen Hurts kind of, I mean, look, he was, he he was, you know, like a maestro. He, He really orchestrated this offense, not to perfection, but 
to the point where this Eagles team and this offense were dominant. And I think that that's, you know, that's a nice feather in the cap of both Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. But with that said, <clears throat> really interesting dynamic at wide receiver and running back. So we thought that the dynamic at wide receiver would be, you know, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and uh, Quez Watkins. The Eagles started the game actually with Quez, Quez outside and J.J. Single Whiteside in the slot opposite Devontae Smith. It turns out they wanted J.J. Single Whiteside out there to block for the screen passes to Quez Watkins, and he blocked well. J.J. Single Whiteside was a standout on special teams throughout the first three quarters of this game. He suffered an injury. Uh, I believe it was an ankle injury, and I don't remember if he returned or not, but he, he did definitely stand out in a positive way on special teams. Later on, they bring in Jalen Rager, and Rager becomes this kind of short yardage target um, who the, the Eagles offense basically used as an extension of the running game, which I think is to his benefit. He's really good in space. He was able to score a 23-yard touchdown off a short pass uh, in the third quarter. Uh, look, I think they really focused in on what each wide receiver does really well. And uh, Devontae Smith was terrific. He looked like a true number one wide receiver. Uh, caught six passes for 71 yards um, on eight targets. Had an, um, an impressive touchdown catch on his first catch of the game. They used Zach Ertz on a, on a natural pick play. Uh, Ertz played it to perfection and got Devontae Smith open on a cross uh, or, or as they crossed routes. Um, and then at running back, look, Kenny Gainwell and uh, Miles Sanders is the new duo. Uh, we thought that Boston Scott would be that guy. Boston Scott was limited to special teams. Um, but I thought Kenny Gainwell was surprisingly effective as a between-the-tackles runner. Um, he scored his first touchdown today. Overall, the skill players, what did you take away from their performance? Well, I thought they were they all did very well. And the space, I thought their spacing on the offense was really good. So that allowed them to go ahead and flourish in those ways. The one thing getting back to Gainwell, I thought it was really uh, telling that he was on all the snaps on that two minute drive going in before the, in the first half, he was the running back that was in there. And it shows the trust that this coaching staff has in a, in a guy to, to not only play well, but as a rookie play well. And he was able to do that. The one I was, and going into this game, and, and I was worried about early in the season, I was worried how he was going to handle doing his pass blocking, and lo and behold, he actually held his own, so I thought that was good. When you look at uh, the other things, I thought Devonta Smith, for his first game, he did well. I think that uh, you, you saw a lot of elements that reasons why this team took him with the first pick overall. His route running was crisp. I love the way when they the Eagles went, the three three uh, three tight ends on one side. You had Smith in the slot there, and you had Gainwell on the outside. It really matched up. It, it basically isolated Smith one on one with a defensive back, and with the ability he can he has with running those routes, running them crisply. That's it. It, it opens up so much for his offense to do. And you saw, I think he got four straight passes thrown his way. So. I thought overall, I know those were just two examples, but I thought overall when you had Rager, when you had uh, Goddard and Ertz, you saw the diversity of this offense and what it can do and the amount of problems that it can cause defenses. Because now if 
if you're the San Francisco 49ers next week, the Eagles play next week, you're looking at, you're not just looking at, okay, I have to stop Devonta Smith. Okay, I just have to stop Miles Sanders because he had a good game. You have to worry about stopping multiple weapons and multiple players at the skill positions in order to go ahead and stop this Eagles offense. It's going to be tough. Yeah, and I think it's something we should point out too. I thought the blocking by pretty much everybody at the skill positions was really impressive. Uh, Dallas Goddard was blocking really well downfield. Zach Ertz got in on on the action. I know he's not known as a blocker, but he did really well. Um, I thought Devontae Smith did a really nice job as a blocker as well, despite his frame. Kenny Gainwell had a really nice uh, blitz pickup at one point. Um, so yeah, that's worth calling out. So let's flip to the other side of the ball. Uh, the defensive line wasn't sleepy in the first half. They just weren't making like notable plays outside of the run game. Um, Javon Hargrave had a QB hit in the first half, but really outside of that, Matt Ryan stayed clean, completely different story in the second half. Uh, Matt Ryan was consistently harassed. He was hit nine times. Uh, the Eagles ended up with three sacks, all coming in the fourth quarter. Hassan Ridgeway had one. Javon Hargrave had two. Um, uh, Ridgeway actually f- could have had a sack fumble um, at one point, but the referees ruled that Matt Ryan uh, threw the pass uh, to the ground as an intentional grounding, as like a spike. But um, yeah, so. I thought the defensive line played relatively well. Nothing like super standout-ish outside of Hargrave from a from a pass rushing standpoint, but I thought they played the run pretty well once they got like their footing after the first couple of drives. What was your takeaway from the uh, defensive front? Well, I thought in the first, especially early on at first quarter, looking at the way, it looked like a couple of times they had like either had like a defensive tackle that over pursued a gap or 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 got beat or basically got. got sucked in by like a a center or a guard or you had a defensive end not holding contain and the one thing that the falcons did was they used to they were cutting back find those cutback lanes when they the eagles had the where the play was going design like it was designed the eagles had stopped it and the fact what the falcons did with the falcons runners like cordell patterson and mike davis is like okay i'm just gonna cut back to the backside and you didn't have that covered up and they were able to gain eight nine ten yards a chunk and Jonathan Gannon and Tracy Rocker must have said something because it looked like right after that 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 they started plugging stuff stuff up, especially like towards like the middle of the second middle of the second quarter and on, and that did that well. I mean, we this pat this defensive line is known for its pass rushing ability, and and it proved that once again. And I mean, Javon Hargrave. I mean, we saw during training camp he played very at a very high level, and you figure that you. Uh, but the Eagles were probably hoping that it continued on to this, into the regular season. And boy, did it! Bit boy, did it! He was, he, he was playing very well, very dominant. And if you have him going, as well as he's doing, I mean, most teams are either doubling Fletcher Cox or, or focusing the defensive line when he's running in the middle. If you have him going, that's going to free up Fletcher Cox to go more one on one, and then it's <laughs> good luck trying to go in and uh, run in the middle or, or when it comes to the pass. Uh, pass protection for opposing offenses. So this defensive line, as the game went on, they played well. And uh, I'd say uh, hats off for the adjustments they made. I'm going to pay the linebackers a compliment in that I didn't notice any of them throughout the game, if that makes (laughs) sense. Like you notice them when they made run stops, but like in the passing game, I didn't really notice them. 
Um, and that's a credit to them because throughout the week, the storyline was, how are they going to stop Kyle Pitts? And Kyle Pitts, well, the, the answer was a group effort. And it looked like they were bracketing him. It looked like they were getting a little physical with him, the linebackers and the safeties. Um, and they limited him to four catches for 31 yards. At one point, another beat writer ta- turned to me and said, it looked like this was kind of too big for Kyle Pitts. Uh, I don't agree, but um, it did kind of seem like he was taking out of the game, taken out of the game, and became a bystander for most of the the game, and that kind of took away Arthur Smith's like ace in the hole. I mean, Calvin Ridley had a really explosive first drive, then disappeared for a while, and then you know it, it just seemed like the Falcons couldn't figure out a secondary option, and. Pitts was kind of subdued. Um, what did you take away from the linebacker and safety play? I know Marcus Epps somewhat started the game with Kayvon, uh, with uh, Anthony Harris. Um, it ended up being Kayvon Wallace and Anthony Harris uh, by the second quarter because Epps suffered a concussion. Um, what did you take away from those two groups? We'll do cornerback separately. Well, I thought that that in going back to the uh, – they. They had trouble stopping a run a little bit earlier, and then when they put T.J. Edwards and Sean Bradley in, they did a good job. And then when it came to passing downs, when you had Singleton and Wilson, and those guys did a great job, they had, like influencing where Ryan could go because they and there was a couple times where it looked like offhand, I can't wait to see the all twenty-two later on, but it looked like they were trying to debate them into throwing at times in some of those areas, and then quickly when my, by the time Matt Ryan threw, you saw either Wilson or Singleton already in the area and they played well without inter- like uh, getting any penalty interference penalties or holding and they, they held their own during that. And the safe safety play. I thought that Kayvon Wallace came in and did an admirable job, especially uh, after Epps was left the game with that concussion. So I thought overall in the middle of the field, those guys, they, they play well. It, it, you saw the second and third levels of that defense really, work in, in tandem in, in finding ways to stop Pitts. I, I really thought Pitts was going to create a lot more problems than what he did. And the fact that he had four catches, I mean, it wasn't like the the, the Falcons weren't, uh, Matt Ryan was trying to get to him because they had the eight targets, but the Eagles, the Eagles were able to prevent him, and it was kind of shocking. Yeah, I think um, I think the takeaway is that you really didn't notice like any Nathan Gary type breakdowns. Um, what the Eagles were doing, <laughs> they called my bluff. Jannard Avery did get a decent amount of playing time. He played Sam linebacker. They were rotating Alex Singleton and TJ Edwards at my or uh, at multiple linebacker spots. But Eric Wilson was out there the entire time, pretty much. Um, it looks like they're just going to be multiple with these linebackers. It's safety. You know, they're hoping that uh, Rodney McLeod can come back in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I wouldn't rule out him playing potentially next week against the 49ers. Uh, maybe Dallas is more of a likely target, but uh, I thought the safety group played relatively well. Anthony Harris had a couple of um, plays in coverage. I, he, I thought he played the run fine. Um, and then let's look at cornerback. Okay. Darius Slay had uh, a pair of pass breakups late in this one. Um, Steven Nelson had a couple of pass breakups. It looked like, um, I thought the cornerback group was fine outside of Avante Maddox, who I thought, you know, if we were going to do a winners and losers sort of thing, uh, he just didn't seem to tackle very well. Uh, He finished with eight tackles, but it seemed like he missed more than he made um, taking dives uh, at legs. Um, 
what was your takeaway from the cornerback group? Well, to me, Lloyd, that's who the Falcons were really trying to match up. Everybody went into pits and really they're trying to go ahead and go at Vontae Maddox. And given the situation, I thought he held his own. Like, like I said, a lot of the guys, like it came to cornerbacks, I thought I, I looked at what the way Slade played. I thought he did well. I th- he should have had an interception because he, he had a good beat on the ball and, uh, and he almost stepped in front of forget the receiver, but he stepped in front of it and almost, he would have had an easy pick six. But I think Maddox, for what he was tasked to do, who he had to go against, especially especially being a shorter corner going against Kyle Pitts, I thought he held he did all right in, in that cyber situation. Would you like to see him get a lot a little bit more cleaner tackles? Yeah. But he his size is gonna him against one on one against, I don't know, a tight end or, or another receiver, somebody else, and him trying to go trying to get low on those guys. Yeah, good luck. It's, it's gonna be tough because the guys are gonna leap on them or it's gonna be tougher to tackle. So I thought given the situation, he did all right. But the t- cornerbacks overall, I think that they, they did they did well. To, they did well based on who they were facing. Put it that way. Ringing endorsement right there. Ringing <laughs> endorsement. Um, so let's get into special teams. Uh, Jake Elliott really wasn't asked to do very much. Um, you know, he. Uh, he had a couple of uh, PATs. Um, he also had uh, a capper of a 43-yard field goal um, once the game was out of hand. He was fine. Um, you know, yeah, he was fine. Uh, I don't know really what more is, there is to say about Jake Elliott. Aaron Seaposs, though. Whoa, buddy. Um he had one rugby punt that if you looked at it, you thought it was going out of bounds, like into the crowd from where we were sitting, but it turned, it, it, it like fell down like perfectly in the left side of, uh, on the left side of the field and got down uh, within the 10. Like if he's able to do that on a consistent basis, which is something that Cam Johnson really wasn't able to do. Like Cam Johnson can knock the crap out of a ball and and flip a field but like in order to like you know consistently down the ball within the 10 yard line uh was not his strength and i think you know if the special team unit it seems like they've improved um andre cheer had a really really smart play on one of the the downed um punts where he actually was out of bounds and had the self-awareness to tell a teammate, Hey, look, I, I can't touch this ball. And so somebody else did it like that's smart stuff. And that was his debut. Like he was making smart decisions. Seems like a really intelligent guy. Um, you know, I, I, I thought overall, I thought this was a good performance by the special teams unit. Um, there were a couple of some decent returns by uh, Jalen Rager as a punt returner, even though I always like worry that he's probably going to fumble the ball every like four or five punt returns. Um, the Eagles really didn't show any fear in getting young guys involved. So Patrick Johnson played today, for instance, on defense. He got a couple, a few snaps. Um I didn't really notice Marlon, uh, Mr. T, Tupalatu. Uh, but then again, Hassan Ridgeway got plenty of time. Milton Williams was in there quite a bit. Um, I noticed uh, Zach McPherson a lot on special teams, did not notice him on defense. Uh, he was on primary kickoff coverage. 
Uh, Jay Jersica Whiteside, who I brought up earlier, nearly blocked a punt. Um, and then he had a, a stop on a kick return. Um, I think JJ Sigal Whiteside is a guy who you're going to see never probably live up to the second round hype, but he could turn out to be like an interesting utility player on special teams and like a deep depth wide receiver. I know that'll never sit well with fans, but if he's got a role, he's got a role. Um, yeah, I, I saw Jack stole out uh, on offense. He got a couple of really nice blocks in uh, and three tight end sets. Look, I, I think the, the moral victory for this on top of the literal victory is that this coaching staff is going to trust their young players. They're going to put them in positions to succeed. They're going to coach to their skill sets. Oh, and by the way, they could win football games. Like that's like the huge takeaway here, um, in my opinion. So, yeah, uh, Chris, give me your final thoughts, because those were kind of mine. <laughs> As we get close to midnight on a Sunday night. Well, my my thing is it's it was a very nice win for his team and for it for for everybody to play that passion. I thought that was big. I really want to see next week playing against the 49ers. Just go, it's just going to be a tough matchup. You may you may be getting a Trey Lance who seems to be playing well. You could depending on Garoppolo, depending who knows, but. Trey look is playing well. I think the Eagles, no matter what goes on for the rest of the season, and, and I think you, you touched on this a little bit when it came to the younger players, they just need them to get as much experience as they can and get it and and play at a high level because it's only going to bode well for the future years, 2022, 2023. If they somehow find a way to make a run this year, I mean, I think this is bonus and it means ahead of schedule, but I think you take it with a grain of score. I, I would say, I would say, Take this win and enjoy it. Don't think that I wouldn't say, hey, oh, my goodness, they're going to be a playoff team. Hey, they're going to win the division and win the Super Bowl, even though they may be in first place right now after one game, the only NFC East team to win. I don't think they're going to win the division. But I think you take this with a great – you take you enjoy – just enjoy Sunday for what it was and just hope you continue to see these young guys improve and get better because I think that'll be – I think everything's more of a long-term game as opposed to a win-now mentality. Yeah, I'd agree with that, but they are in first place right now. So that's really interesting. <laughs> Dallas is dealing with uh, Lyle Collins being suspended and uh, injuries to Michael Gallup. Washington, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Giants look horrific. Uh, I think you and I both called that, that the Giants were probably going to be the uh, the doormat of this division. Um, and Washington... I look, there's not a bigger Tyler Heineke advocate in the history of the world than me, but I still don't know if, if he's going to be able to, to will this team into, you know, the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll preview, uh, the next game next Thursday, but prior either Friday prior to the game or before uh, the Giants face Washington next week on Thursday. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out because whoever loses that game is probably out of the hunt for the foreseeable future. Um, Remember, guys, sign up for Eagles Extra. We're having a ton of fun. You get a lot of exclusive content. You can do so at nj.com slash tax. You'll get two weeks free to kind of test it out, see what you like about the product. Enjoy Chris and my banter. And analysis, you'll also get breaking news sent to your phone so you don't have to get all the notifications. 
uh, on Twitter and social media. You can avoid kind of the clutter there. Then on top of that, you can also uh, subscribe to the Know How to Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're available everywhere. Uh, we love being in your earbuds. I know that sounds weird, but like we're, we want to be there. Uh, for Chris, <laughs> uh, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.